was so nice. Say it again. The abyss. Oh, one more time, but a little bit deeper. All right, now you're just crossing the line, but okay. Tell me about the abyss here, Austin. So we know how the nine hells works. We know that it's based off of order and structure. What's the abyss like? So that's not one of my specialties, crazily enough. And this is something that I've gotten somewhat familiar with, um, obviously in preparation for the episode, but uh, a lot of it was just very interesting. So the abyss is the other side of the coin where devils have law structure there's regiments there's almost a military like efficiency with how they take apart the blood war that is not necessarily the case for the abyss it is a chaotic evil collection of infinite planes and i say that with a questioning tone because there's not an agreement some sources say that the abyss has a finite amount of layers, like 666, to kind of hold with that whole tradition. Some sources say within the D&D community, it's infinite. And I go with the of infinite theory because when you look at the abyss as described, it's the abyss, the infinite layers of the abyss. It's got that, like... It's got that fun little title behind it, right? The infinite layers of the abyss right. that outstretches past the dawn. Und okay, I'm I'm pushing it, but nonetheless, I think. But I, I get mean, the you're block. not wrong though. So the idea with the abyss, whereas the nine hells have nine defined layers, that even though they stretch planescape itself, which itself is incomprehensively large, the abyss is constantly growing by almost all accounts. So either the plane, the actual layer is getting bigger or more layers are being created. Now, I know that the abyss, the one creation mythos, the only one of the biggest ones that I know about it is the fact of the evil shard. And that's what, mm -hmm. which by the way, like that's an amazing title already for an object, right? It's like, oh, we could call it the crystalline entity. That's so Star Trek-y. Yeah. That is literally the crystalline and entities it, from Star Trek. But again, it right. gets right to the point. I know... Is that what's behind the creation of the abyss? So yes, um, and you know, and no. Um, it depends on the creation theory. The most prevalent one that at least I was seeing in my research was that the shard of evil kind of came in contact with the elemental plane of chaos that formed the abyss. There are some creation mythoses, you know, where the abyss is, you know essentially created by Asmodeus because he pushes a plane off of its current location on the great planescape in order to save the material plane for himself. But because of that, it comes in contact, you know, there's a whole bunch of things, but it basically the shard of evil is the main theory as to why the abyss can spawn demons. So that's, you know, I know I meant, we talked a little bit about how um, devils are created. Demons are created in, two ways so it's they don't use the same souls that no so they're the river sticks obviously like you mentioned flows through all of the layers of the abyss to the best of anyone's knowledge again the abyss is very unknown um whereas the nine hells you can kind of get information because of the ordered nature of devils you don't have too many scholars in the abyss so and a particular reason why there, brewmaster austin Probably the chaotic death. Oh, yeah. You know, death, yeah. death usually does that for a death, lot of people. Mutilation and 
the big difference between devils and demons is that the devils, even though they're, which we'll discuss maybe in a potential bonus episode, um, are constantly vying for power, but they understand Asmodeus is the top dog. Demons don't have that. Demons are fighting each other. If there is an alliance, it's very tenuous. Like it's pretty much until we get our stuff and then we go our separate ways. It is... So I know a little bit about this. I know that it's a little bit. Of, I know some of the lo- demon lords that you're maybe hinting. At. I think we're starting to already tip onto the uh, structure of uh, the hierarchy of uh, demon lords and how it works. Yeah. So the overall structure with demons, um, it follows strength. Whereas devils have that law, that law, that regiment, that like, oh, he's a sergeant because he's a barb devil, whereas I'm just a lowly private as an imp or whatever. Demons, it's all about strength. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's like, can you beat me up? Then you are probably my ruler. And that's how demon lords get their masses, you know? So, and I want to point out that this hierarchy that I'm about to go through is just an overview. It's the simplest form. A lot of the layers, like their Jubilex, uh, if I memory serves me correctly, is the god of like slime oozes. So he has like smells absolutely disgusting. Oh yeah, his plane is wild. We can go into it on a bus. It's yeah, we think the underdark smells horrible. But Let me like, tell you about Jubilix. He's like black, the god of black puddings and the god of like gelatinous cubes and things like that. So not everything in the abyss is like under this hierarchy, but it's a general one to follow. Um, lesser demons, greater demons, demons. And Mo, why don't you tell me a little bit about the lesser demons from our handy dandy DM1 pager on it, since you mentioned earlier you weren't an expert. It's really good. So I'm actually staring at it right now, y'all. And again, we'll, we will post this on our, uh, at minimum on our Discord, and hopefully maybe we can try and get it, get it to you guys on uh, on our Instagram and things like that, just at least to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek. But uh, so what Austin has done here, amazingly, you're a fantastic brewmaster, Austin. Uh, sorry for the... Uh, miss uh mislabeling there so i will forgive you this one time thank you my demon lord uh <laughs> we are gonna focus so on a couple of them here we have uh, on the one of the bottom ones uh, the ones i absolutely gravitated towards was the brock and what you have here written next to it is it's really cool humanoid vultures with toxic spores always a great uh yeah great imager there that's basically all you need to know to use them as an intimidating figure in your campaign that's what the guides are designed for. They literally have a humanoid face with vulture skin and they got vulture wings and they release like toxic spores that can like stun or put their enemies to sleep. And that's how they fight. That's how they feed. Like that is that. So they are, you can imagine one of those escaping through one of the many players of the first, uh, or portals, sorry, of the first layer of the abyss, the infinite layers uh, of the abyss, the infinite portals of the abyss that is known as the first layer uh, and what's it uh, does it have a name yeah uh, like that is the that is the name so just... the, so the name that most people know it by is the uh plane of infinite portals palace of a thousand you know closets the plane of a thousand portals the demon name for it would be pazunia uh so i've heard uh pazunia before yeah, pazunia would be before. that yeah. the it's the plane of infinite portals is more what it's known for it essentially, to the best of again my you know understanding, has a portal to just about anywhere. Um, and like we mentioned, because it's ever expanding, you can easily use it in your game to just be like, oh, the new part of the abyss has a portal to this random fishing village, and now there's a 
you know, a closet, a dredge of rock uh, that escaped from the abyss and is terrorizing a local town. Easy plot hook. I think what's really cool, and at least you've hinted at it right now a couple times, is that it's not that the demons are just like, you know, it's not as chaotic as we assume it to be, right? right. I feel like because they serve their specific demon lords, they have some sort of high, like, for instance, it's, I, I look at it something like, like, it's not just like, hey, I'm going to go randomly kill and just be crazy. Like, for instance, some of them are used as spies. Some of them are mm -hmm. lingering in the shadows right. and things so like that. So there are plenty that you could use for mindless murder creatures. Like, there are plenty, there really are plenty of demons. Um, these large, uh, these larger topics are more just some of the common ones that I found. So like you mentioned, spies and mercenaries, spies, mercenaries, inquisitors, things like that, um, ones that are commonly used as spies or messengers or quasits. They're small, they're pretty cunning, they're they're quick. So not every demon is, I don't want everyone to picture a demon as like a ravenous, you know, just abomination. Some of them are. Uh, like there are a vast majority that you can choose from, but there are ones with still intelligence and understanding that, you know, they can't lose the blood war. And that is the main thing when you realize, okay, man, it really seems like the devil should just crush this if it's all individual lords fighting for, you know, fighting each other all the time. They all kind of understand that if the devils were to get control and permanently establish control of the first layer, so the layer of infinite portals, then the devils will control everything because the devils will be able to actually get out of the nine hells, which is something I don't think we really discussed in your segment, but you can kind of attest to it. It's tough for devils to get out of the nine hells. And it, it very much is. It's it's focused on the fact that you, that the ruler of that layer, they, he won't allow, they won't allow it, you know, but it's very, it's very cool to look at it like, and you mentioned it before the way that the nine, uh, the abyss is structured. What's it's really cool to realize that when you look at the abyss, unlike the nine hells, who's ruled by you know King Daddy himself right there sitting on that throne, and that's from now on out what I'm going to call Asmodeus. Let it be known, King Daddy. But <laughs> there is no ruling structure within the abyss as far as i know but you do have your big players right mm -hmm. you have for instance so, uh, wolf like right. wolf yeah wolf orcus so that's a great Fight a queen baby herself the best analogy that i can try to try to put it into because you know we live in america is like think of think of the nine hells as a nation right they are one nation they have a bunch of states right but they every every one of the states is kind of still in some way trying to benefit the whole that's kind of the whole idea right whereas picture the abyss as greek city states it's i am athens i do my own shit fuck you sparta sparta is like fuck you athens fuck you troy fuck you you know Pelopos, any any of the other major players you know thrace all you guys don't like you and that is why the abyss struggles so much in not just overwhelming the nine hells is that all there's all this like back and forth between the demon lords of the uh of the various layers like orcus doesn't like wolf like that's very well known demogorgon and um orcus have beef jublex 
no one really messes with Jublex because he's kind of everyone's kind of afraid of Jublex. Um, but like there are big players in there and they're all vying for power. But they all understand, like Greek city states understood, that you can't let Persia beat you because Persia will take over everything. That's the nine hells. Nine hells Persia. Greek city states is kind of the abyss, but just imagine there being an infinite number of them. So it's kind of like what you said. It's it's the simple fact of like, sure, there are alliances, but they are short lived, mm -hmm. right? Sure, we're gonna combat the nine hells. They're the greater enemy, mm -hmm. but at the same time, ain't no no, right? No no, no. And, you ain't coming in here. And the, I think it goes to what you were talking about um, earlier uh, with the types of demons and the types of devils. That's one of the, the advantages that the demons have in my reading of the lore is that because you have so many different demon lords who control so many different varieties of demon or slime or ooze or other, you know, chaotically evil creature that can be spawned there, you never know what's going to roll into Avernus to fight this regiment of demons or devils you never know like you just don't know if it's going to be slime black puddings anything like that you know uh, lonelies uh different these different types of demons and you can't always have everyone prepared for everything which is again really interesting especially when we start diving a little bit deeper into the the way that they some of these uh some of these creatures are made uh, like i know for instance are, are they so you did hint at it a little bit that they are created uh, some from from the uh from mortal souls in general like those of uh, those of us that live on the material plane mm -hmm. like me i could end up being your abyssal lord daddy i kind of want to just keep saying the word daddy i have no idea it it's late uh yeah it's yeah. a little late when we're filming this everybody yeah. but uh but but what's this that i hear about this wall of faithless i've never really i've i've mentioned it i've seen it a couple times is it literally what I think it means? Is it the mortal beings who do not worship? Or is there something more into this wall of faithless that I do not know much about? I mean, I'm curious, but I think what's really cool is that could you imagine not be if it's what I think it is? I know you want to jump in. Hang on, hang on. Right. But I think it's really cool to be, oh, I don't worship anyone. And then you get to the other side and you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> I've made horrible mistakes. My bad. I should have definitely worshipped at minimum. Uh let's go with Moradin. Right. I feel like I would be a so good, it good is, person. It is it is like you said. It it is basically you can kind of you know divine it, discover it. The Wall of the Faceless is a um basically this structure is the best way to describe it. Um but it's where all the souls of those who don't worship a deity are sentenced by uh, Kelvinmore. Um, it's sort of like this. Um, it was established by Mercule, um, and it was kind of kept as this way of assigning the dead to a place. It was, it, from my understanding of like the original intent of it, is that it was supposed to be like a way to deal with the lost souls that didn't apply to the devil, to the nine hells. Everything you're saying right now is extremely depressing. You mean I could get to the other side? Like, it was, like I can't even begin to imagine if I lived in these worlds that uh, existed here, right? I get to the other side, I'm like, okay, 
I'm, I don't really believe in anything, but you know, it's not too bad. And then all of a sudden I have Abyssal Lord himself comes through and says, mine now, bitch. See you on the other side. <laughs> right. Now go up here to this first layer and, you know, serve your new lord and daddy and savior <laughs> appropriately. I am horribly terrified by that. Terrified. Terrified by all of that. I think what I am really like, when it comes to the blood war itself, I've, I've looked at it quite a bit. I, again, I know the nine, uh, the nine hell side, but when it comes to like the abyssal side, is there, is the main reason the blood war exists to this point? Is it because Asmodeus took the shard? The, the evil, the shard of evil destiny. By the way, I really want to make a uh, fantastic reference right now to Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. And Tenacious D. It's great. Go watch the movie. It's great. But yeah, no, it's so it, again, it kind of goes into the whole thing of like you were mentioning with the wall of faithless and, and all of this stuff. So to kind of start with the origin story and then adapt on the wall, it's a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. So the a lot of the scholars say, hey, there was this primordial conflict before anything began between law and chaos. The blood war is this the most recent manifestation of it, right? So it's an ordained conflict. It was bound to happen because law and chaos in the evil context cannot exist. They purely cannot coincide with each other's goals. One wants domination one wants destruction it's just at odds with each other right it's heads and tails it's two sides of the same coin both can't be face up at the same time i sorry i had to jump out of my chair there real quick the way you just put that was it's absolutely amazing and it's rare for me especially as a human being to get stuff right away but so far brewmaster austin you've surprised me at the way that you just put things in such terminology also a lot of them have focused on been war versus militias and in this case order versus chaos so like i i get it mm -hmm. like i get it i understand how that could be such right. an interesting thing i try to you know obviously i'm a huge history buff i was a history history minor in um uh you know college but i think that's the best way to think about the creation of the abyss is that it's a prime you know a primordial con it existed before either in its current iteration. There is the mention of the shard. So Asmodeus stealing a piece of the shard of evil, which gave him the ability to kind of reclaim divinity. And there we can do a whole episode on just creation, potential creation myths of Asmodeus. But that the one that I subscribe to is the primordial conflict and again that kind of goes to why the wall of the faithless is such an interesting thing is that the wall of the faithless deals with those souls that didn't either didn't worship so they were like they are you know faithless um in in their entirety or they're false in some way right they're betrayers they're uh they're needing to receive these um punishments for it and the idea behind it and why Kelvin Moore is the one that uh, rules that is that there's been so many rulers of the dead that there needed to be a consistent judgment. There needed to be a consistent person, right? So these individuals are being punished for their lack of worship into whoever, because right, even Asmodeus has worshipers, right? And their lack of worship puts the realm at risk. It's so cool. It's so cool like to hear that. And you're 100% right. 
what you've just like hinted on, right, is the fact that there are so many rules of the dead, right? I know just for instance, you know, bringing back to my world, and I say for instance a lot, I know y'all, I'm very aware of my bad habit words, but there's there's the main trend, right? There's the main trend of ravens. There's Jergal, he's a worshiper of some of it, but you're right. Like it's very cool to hear that that avenue. And I think what we've figured out here, talking about the blood war, figuring out its its essentialness, because you know we've hinted at this already. We've talked about this in previous previous incarnations of our episodes. What would happen if one side were to win? What would happen? I know what would happen. For instance, Austin, if if the nine hells were to win. Asmodeus wants strength. He wants power. He wants control, but he wants it in his own image. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I feel like the Abyss wants because, as you well know, nobody rules it. Right. And that is the main thing is that there's a lot of proxy and by strength. And so it's tough to say what the world would look like, what the planes would look like, because it would depend on which demon lord or coalition of demon lords actually did it, because it's not going to be the abyss under one rule, because there's not a being strong enough to dominate the abyss itself. There's just not. So without that figure being there, every demon lord is going to do what they want. The interesting thing about it, though, is that there is also the ability of the Abyss and the Demon Lords themselves to recognize valuable pieces when they see them. So a little piece of lore that I don't think you know, Mo, um, is that there was a retired general of the I, Blood War. I a retired. I'm uh, very uncomfortable with the fact that I don't know lore. Yes. Teach me, almighty teacher. <laughs> Teach me. Smite me, almighty spider. Um, there is a, a former general to Asmodeus. Uh, retired from his position in the Blood War and actually took up residence in the first reign of Pazunia, the first uh, portal, uh, the, wow, portal, layer of the abyss, Pazunia. Um, and he rules a small castle there um, with his own set of, like, devils and stuff. And he eventually realized he was built on a portal to one of the lower levels and tried to take that over. Let me Let me get this right. No, I just I just want because I really don't know this. Yeah. And uh for all you amazing viewers out there, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. We had an accident earlier in which we uh, filmed incorrectly. We didn't discuss this on our first filming of this. You mean there's a devil from the nine hells that took residence up into the abyss? Mm -hmm. Yes, his name is Baltazio or Baltazo, sorry. Balatazo, Balatazo, um, and he was a general and retired. Took over this this castle, uh, the fortress of uh, Shungat. Um, and, oh, the way you say those words. And it has a portal to Hollow's Heart, which is the layer that Fraz uh, Urblu, uh, the demon lord, um, ruled. And he was like expelled, and then came back. Well, he came back and found uh, Baltazo, uh, you know, Baltazo trying to take over and respected his strength so much that he let him continue to rule the fortress as his vast. If he were to die, would he reincarnate at a certain point into the nine hells or would he, cause we've mentioned the fact how, and that's the, that's the greatest 
thing that I think I wanted to iterate with that fact is that you already saw the corruption of a devil in a very, I mean, it was obviously over years and decades and things like that, but it can corrupt even the devil. So if you spend too long in there, there is still the threat. If you don't have the power, someone has the power to suppress the actual chaotic energy that the devils themselves would become chaotic. That's amazing. So you could corrupt the devil or you could bring order to a creature. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like if, if a, I mean, I know we're getting off the subject of the blood war, but it's, again, I think it's very intertwined. How long has this thing been waged, right? How long has it been going on? Since forever. Forever. And it, it is that's, an ongoing And I conflict. think that's the thing. And yeah. that's where I think we, the best place to leave you is really at the beginning, telling you it was a conflict that it is, is still ranging, has been ranging, and probably will always rage. But it is a great way, and I want to leave you with this potential plot hook as a DM. Celestials, as we have mentioned before, you know, obviously want you to do the right thing, do good. There's just as many cunning and influential gods that want the demons to, you know, keep their level playing field because they know if some celestials are helping the devils, well, you got to have a celestial helping the the demons, right? And it's very easy for you to find someone like um, who we've talked about for Grumsh. We've talked about Maglubiet. Very easy to find these deities who are deities helping the abyss, and that's an easy plot hook. A goblin worshiping war band that's collecting, um, helping collect souls for abyssal legions. Easy plot hook. I think what we've established here, Brewmaster Austin, if I can speak for you, which you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say I can. Uh, what we've established here very well is that there's a lot to discuss. We could have, and if it's okay with you, I kind of want to do it here. Well, let's talk about a little bit more of the Blood War, but let's get a little bit more specific. In these special episodes, guys, I think what we're going to establish is a breakdown with each layer of the Nine Hells. I think what we can also establish is a breakdown of each layer of the Abyss. I'm kidding. Yeah, please don't do that. There are like hundreds that would take me forever. Or literally forever because supposedly infinite layers. layers exactly. So We could be here. This is the song that never ends. Well, I think that's a great idea. And I think on this episode, we should leave a poll for the audience. Should we do a second part of the Blood War? and start with the layers of the nine hells or should we start another topic maybe i don't know the the uh, the elven pantheon maybe go over the dwarven pantheon let's go dwarves i hate elves oh, like listen i play a half elf all the time but notice i never play a full elf. <laughs> okay i hate elves i don't i enjoy them in DD. that i mean in uh lord of the rings i enjoy them in DD. i really do i think they're fun unique creatures at the same time no, no, no. But we'll we'll put two other topics and have you guys vote. That I think is the best way for us to end this episode is letting you know we'd like to do more of these special episodes. And until next time, I'm your brewmaster Austin. I'm your brewmaster Mo. Part of the pod, part of the brew. We'll see you guys next time.